he, this is mommy. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 3, Episode Number 8. I am your co-host, John McStravick, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Alex Katzeff. Alex, welcome back. Another week in the books. Um, so we're going to change things up here a little bit because we have no time for small talk. Uh, and we're going to start off the show with some fantasy talk. Uh, and I was curious of what do you do when you have a player who has a breakout game? That's, you know, somebody that you either drafted or pick up off the waiver wire that was kind of a stash. They have this breakout game. What is your next strategy going forward? Do you sit them until they prove their worth, or do you start them immediately the next game and kind of ride them out? I, I ride them into the ground. Ideally, I would love to trade them, but trading doesn't happen enough, and people don't value players the same. So I just try to get as much value out of them as I can. I talk them up as much as I can, too, just to see if there's anyone that wants them. But most of the time, people bail on trades anyway, so I keep them. I play them. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit different. I actually do kind of sit them and see improve their worth to make sure that they weren't just like a flash in the pan. I want to see a little bit of steady progress happening before I'll pull the trigger to put them in. Does this burn me a couple times? Yeah, because sometimes there is the guy who's just going to be turns into a stud and you're missing some points on the bench. And we'll get to that uh, for myself this week. But I, I generally do like to see to make sure because then I also gotten burned and it's easy to like just think this guy is going to be the next thing. Uh, coming and they don't pan out that way where it was just like one big game and we've seen that actually uh, this unfold this week as well so um, with Wayne Gallman Jr. he ended up falling quickly back down to earth so anybody who was starting him uh, because he had a big 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 bust out game last week uh, is sorely uh, feeling it this week so yeah, I mean, remember, James spent $40 on him uh, two weeks ago, so that was all for one week, apparently. That's what it's looking like. Um, so, yeah, so that that's what I like to do, still sit him, uh, but I understand also the itchiness. I, the trade part of it, I agree with as well, but it's so hard to do, and most people are going to in the same boat where they don't want to jump on it. Occasionally, you might have somebody in your league who just doesn't really look further than a week out and might go for it, but... It's really hard to do, especially in redraft leagues. Um, so with uh, speaking about that, let's move into our weekly recap, though. And uh, how did you do this week? Oh, man, the rich are eating tonight. We are 3-0 and this week, back on top. Mm, very nice. Well done. So you're, you're troughed in the last too long last week, and now you're riding high again. Like I said, I, when you said that trend, when you showed me the progression, I did my math and I said, well, that's actually a good thing because that means I'm on more, more, back on my way up. And uh, I, have a, I have a unique experience with having one tonight because I needed Chubb to get less than 17 points, but more than nine. So I had this perfect little window I needed Nick Chubb to get because I was against him and I had him. And how did that turn out? Like I said, three and zero. So he got a, he got ten points. He got just enough for me to win Monday Night Football on both accounts. So I knew one way or the other I was going to win tonight, but I didn't know I'd win both. Wow, that's always a great feeling when you do do the math and you're like, I just need a little window, and you got it. And that that's the best feeling of them all. Uh, well Especially done. Especially since I've been burned twice. Thank you. 
That's right. Um, especially because, yeah, and you were having those problems with uh, some other players where you have them in one league and then you, you don't have them in the other and it's kind of not working out for one, working out for another. So it's nice that you actually hit the sweet spot for uh, that kind of situation. Um, and so who was your uh, best player this week? Um, my personal best player was Deshaun Watson. Um, he got me five touchdowns, something like 47 fantasy points. He pretty much carried my team this week. Um, I had him, I had Thielen. Um, I had another league where I had Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones, but I was also against him. So, uh, what league is, um, is Watson in for you? Is he in our locals league or in your one pointer league or something else? He's in our local league. Well, good for you. 47 points from a quarterback. That is very impressive. Um, so for me this week, I, uh, I was not doing so hot. I ended up being one and two. Uh, both of my redraft leagues I lost, uh, unfortunately. And I did win my Dynasty League, which was my second win in a row in the Dynasty League. So I'm trending up a little bit there. Although... If, not sure how good I feel about it since I won that league. I won the game this week in my dynasty with Baker Mayfield as my quarterback who got me pretty much zero points. So I don't know how high I'm flying for that league. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. You have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback and you were trying to decide one way or the other whether to play him or Jimmy Garoppolo on this theory that you can double dip on players on the same team. Yeah, and I've kind of been riding that theory in our league, our LA Locals league, uh, the whole season. And we talked about it last week, and I did make the decision to go to Garoppolo. I needed to start splitting the difference here. And then this week, going into Monday night, I ended up being down by like 40, 40 points. And so I was like, I started to rethink my strategy, thinking, well, I need Beckham to do well. And if Beckham does well, that means we need Baker Mayfield to do well. So then... I just started to put those two ideas together, thinking that, well, my best shot would be to put them both in back together in this scenario. Right. And so if one does well, then essentially the other one has to do well. That's but that, the idea. That's the idea. Uh, here's the problem with that. For the first quarter, for the first quarter, Odell Beckham had 15 passing yards and 15 rushing yards. So he had better stats than Baker Mayfield did on both accounts, but no receiving yards. Yeah, and, and I was following along a little bit, and I saw that Baker Mayfield at one point was a negative .8 points. Uh, I think he had two interceptions tonight. He had only like 100 passing yards or close to it. Uh, but fortunately for me, I spoke to a few other people, and I turned back around and went with my original strategy, which was what somebody recommended that I should stick with my original thought and gut and don't get all tweaking it at the last minute. And that strategy worked. Garoppolo had a much better game than um, Baker Mayfield, but it was all for naught because Odell Beckham still had a less than pedestrian game. So even though I had Garoppolo in there, which was the right call, which at least that part of it feels good, uh, that I did not win. I call that the you owe me a beer advice had you won. But since you didn't win, you know, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, somebody else was like, I think you should go with Garoppolo. But they're like, but it's not my fault if you lose because of Garoppolo. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. The real reason I ended up losing this uh, league, actually multiple leagues, is because of my points on the bench. And in this league that we're in together, the LA Locals, 
I had Shark on my bench, and the man had 35 points, and if I would have started him, I would have won my, my league this week, or I would have won the game this week. I also, in my work league, also had Shark on my bench and Josh Jacobs from Oakland on the bench, so that was about a combined, I think, near 70 points on my bench. Would have won the uh, game that week for that league as well, so I would have been then 3-0 and if I started those guys. I did start him in my Dynasty League. I did start him in Dynasty League, and I sure enough, I won that league. Of course you did, and Chark Jr. actually falls under that category of what do you do with those players when mm-hmm. they're riding high, and apparently you play them, and I also had him on the bench. Luckily, it didn't matter, but it's very, very, very sad. I call it a regret Sunday when you're sitting there and you've got a Will Fuller sitting on your bench. Yeah, he was another one, because I, I, which actually brings me to um, I made a trade this week. Oh, trade, trade, trade. Let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was kind of exhilarating because I almost never make trades in my redraft leagues. Uh, a friend of ours in our the league that we're in together reached out and he wanted Ertz, and he was kind of pushing the matter. And I I came back tried to get uh, Gurley or uh, Keenan Allen from him, which he laughed at, but I I gave it an honest try. Anyway, long story short, I ended up trading him for Julian Edelman, which was one of the most even fair trades I think I've ever been involved with. Uh, and it actually worked out for me because Edelman had more points than Ertz. Ertz still had a good game, a better game than he's had, he's have had, but I'm happy with the trade now. It's like you said, it seems like a fair trade. It depends on who you had as your other tight end. I have, uh, Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey as my other tight end. Is this in our league? Did you do this in our league? Yes. I didn't even see that. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, it was such a vanilla trade that it really much went on. Who did you trade Ertz to? Albie. Huh. No, I mean, you had two tight ends. I'm glad you didn't trade them to Bill. Uh, Albie's doing terribly, but with third and points, it's kind of hard to watch, just like every year. Yeah, and well, that was part of it. It was just like, I- I'm not going to really get hurt too much with this. Outside of Edelman, sometimes gets hurt himself and may, may or may not play, but he's still the number one receiver for Tom Brady, and receivers generally are still going to, on average, get more points. That's why I ended up pulling the trigger, because I looked what he scored last year and what Ertz scored last year, and Ertz had one of the best years for a tight end in a long time and still didn't have as many points as Edelman did. You're you're not wrong. He is the number one wide receiver for the Patriots, and they have the best defense in football right now with not allowing a passing touchdown so far this season. Oh, and so the reason I got to the trade, oh, that's what it was. I also looked at what else he had on his team. He had Will Fuller on his bench, but I was just like, yeah, that guy's definitely not worth on Zach Ertz level, except for this week, though, and I just he blew up. So let's talk about that. Well, Fuller went out, went off tonight and or today. Ah, he went off on Sunday. And what do you do with him? Because that's not sustainable. Three touchdowns, 180 yards. Yeah, no, it's it's really hard because honestly, Houston, I have Hopkins on my dynasty league, and he's been usually my bell cow as like my guy that at least keeps me in it each week. This year, he has been pedestrian all the way through and i'm not watching enough games to know exactly what's going on there i don't know if there's too many mouths to feed now or or if coverage is too good if people are you know keying up on them if deshaun watson doesn't have enough protection and so his routes aren't are the ones that take a little longer to unfold and he can't get it down the field in time right Uh, maybe that's why maybe that's why will fuller had such a big week because maybe hopkins getting double teamed and that's the open guy that has less man coverage Sure, but this is the first time Will Fuller has gotten double digits. So yeah. it's kind of hard to kind of know. Are you worried about Hopkins, which is one of the categories that we should talk about? 
Yeah, I, you know, that that is a hard one, and that's what I would say he's one of my bigger disappointments this week if I didn't have Mike Evans, who was my huge, my biggest disappointment before Baker Mayfield but then became my biggest disappointment. But Evans threw up, what did he do, 40 points last week or two weeks ago, and this week he throws up a giant goose egg? Like, that was another thing that didn't help me in my uh, work league, that he just gave me absolutely nothing. I believe he had three targets, no receptions, and again, that's the I told you so of Mike Evans. It's the A.J. Green uh, philosophy all over again. He's going to have great games, but Jameis Winston is still his quarterback. Yeah, and that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest mark on Mike Evans' uh, resume is that, that who was throwing him the ball. Uh, but yeah, so going forward, I'm, I'm moving Chark into my starting lineup full-time in all leagues. He's a legit threat uh and it seems like he's a legit quarterback throwing the ball too so either way if they win or lose he's getting touches and he's going to be getting his looks so he, he is now a quantified number one starter for me on my teams throughout the rest of the season and did you have any other giant disappointments or any other tough decisions that uh didn't did or did not work out for you uh tough decisions definitely dorset uh philip dorset i picked him up across the board and i started him in two out of the three leagues and he got me a zero burger because he pulled a hamstring um that one hurt but again didn't actually hurt me in the the w column uh baker mayfield i think he's in a sophomore slump Uh, i kind of called that one right before it happened philip rivers he's doing his thing he does in october uh, so, so wait, okay, say on Phil Rivers, and this is jump a little bit in the strategy talk, would you, if he was available on a waiver wire, though, would you pick him up right now? Because do you think he'll turn this around come, like, November? Because do you think this is a normal October swoon for him? Yeah, absolutely pick him up. He's on two of my three teams as my backup quarterback, and you just have to know situationally when to put him in. And Sunday was not his game, just like Mahomes put up uh, pedestrian numbers for himself. Yeah, I think that's two weeks in a row where he's not looking so hot, Um, which actually I think will move us into our uh, breaking news segment, the breaking news, not so breaking, but um, I think uh, Tyreek Hill will start this off. Uh, Tyreek Hill may be coming back. Uh, He was questioned to be coming back this past week, did not come. Uh, So it seems like, though, their offense is starting to stall a little bit and he can't get back there soon enough. Yeah, he broke his clavicle, and so he's right there. Uh, Sammy Watkins went out uh, last week, and I had Hardman the week before, and he got me negative .1 points, so I dropped him for Dorsett, and he actually got 10 points this week, so he perhaps should not have played the waiver wire and kept him and put him in. Frankie seems to be trolling all of my players this year. Uh, I had a tough because I had McCoy in there instead of putting Shark in my flex spot, and that just boned me big time because McCoy got like one point. Um and, but, I mean, that's my fault, too, for not thinking it through a little more. The fact that, what, Damian Williams was coming back. And and you've got to sell McCoy now or the next big game he has because he's not that young. They've got plenty of options. He's just going to be a change of pace running back. You really got to get rid of him as soon as you can. Yeah, the only thing is that we're coming up on to um, the, the bye weeks are starting to come into full effect like we talked about last week. And as just kind of like the flex spot running back like for that rb2 spot on a bye week of my other running backs we'll see i i'm i still have uh ronald darby or um ronald jones on my uh roster as well so he could maybe fill in that role so maybe i will try to move mccoy we'll see um 
So what? Uh, who else was somebody else was going to be coming back this week? Oh yeah, uh, Shaquan Barkley uh, had a schedule uh, on the high ankle sprain that there he's supposedly running around making uh, uh, cuts in practice and could be coming back as soon as this weekend, if not the next weekend, which would push him ahead by like at least three weeks above what was expected for him to be out. Yeah, there's a, a running back Hillman or someone you can pick up at, just in case he doesn't come back. Uh, but when he comes back, that changes their offense completely because they don't do anything without him. Yeah, so James really did almost just spend $40 for a one-week win, which maybe, hey, if that gets him into the playoffs, it was worth it. Yeah, but what is that, like 60% of your budget? Yeah. I don't know. Well, if it gets him into the playoffs, that's all. I guess them is, is worthwhile $40. Uh, continuing on with some injury updates, uh, Drew Brees is already throwing the football after being, what, like two weeks removed from hand surgery. I even watched the video of him on Instagram. Like, the man's throwing it like he's never had a, a you know, been a day uh, under recovery. Athletes must be superheroes uh, as a side hustle because – I broke my wrist in like March and it still hurts. So I don't know what they take or what they do, but I need to find those doctors and get my stuff fixed from whoever that is, because that is an absurd amount of recovery time. But yes, he's at practice now. He's doing drills. He's not throwing uh, at practice necessarily, but he's making videos in his, uh, his free time. I laughed out loud when I saw it and I said that to myself, like these people are freaks of nature. That, that's it's, what I said to myself. They're not. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing. I'd love to figure out how they do it, but I don't think I want to know. Yeah, well, the one thing that our superhero strength doesn't seem to be able to overcome, and that's concussions. So Mason Rudolph, he got oh, knocked, knocked the heck the out heck by out Earl Thomas on Baltimore. Sunday. Um, by, I actually um, didn't see it happen, but I saw the pictures afterward, and they had him like, he was just laying there like a ragdoll and didn't move for a while. He did get up and walk off on his own um on his own strength being helped, but man. Yeah, uh, one of the players said they thought they had lost their friend looking down at him. He was so still, and they had to take his uh, face guard off so that he could breathe. I believe the uh, the cart didn't work. That's why they he had to walk off. He wasn't supposed to walk off. They couldn't, yeah, there was a malfunction with the, uh, the, the gator they used to stroll him, so they needed to get the stretcher, but they didn't. They made him walk it off, and as he was walking off, you could see him like just just like batting at things that weren't really there in his eyes. He just, it looked like he was reaching for stars that didn't exist. I hope we hope he's okay. No good. No bueno. Well, on uh, happier news with uh, concussion protocols, it seems Josh Allen cleared protocol. So he will still be playing this coming week. Yep. Uh, and I think that leads us just to AJ green, still not at practice, uh, still nowhere near recovery. And that's pretty much breaking news. That's all we've got for that. Yeah, well, the one last thing that we'll talk about is that uh, Gruden from the Redskins got fired, uh, the coach of the Redskins. Uh, he did. So that's going to be interesting to see who comes and fills in there. And um, and then there's going to be uh, starting to be some other coaches on the hot seat. And uh, I just – we can move this into strategy talk. I just was curious, what was your thoughts on, like, when there's a coaching change like this? Does this affect you looking at these players – and any players on those teams, and do you think like having like a new person come in changes how they're going to get used, and if, would they give them a spark, that kind of thing? Yeah, the first two games, usually the players play like lights out when you get a new coach. Uh, some teams don't believe in 
switching coaches in the middle of the season because it really messes up kind of the game plan and all the money you've spent on buying into whatever the program was. And, you know, just wait till the end when there's time to, to go over a new playbook. And, and with Gruden, I'm not worried about it. He's going to be a Raiders assistant coach within like two or three days. And, you know, brothers are going to reunite. You know, they've got the money. Uh, that's what's going to happen with that. I have no doubt in my mind. He'll be fine. I'm, oh, not worried well, about I'm, I'm not worried about Gruden. I'm worried about what are these players are going to do. Fun fact, their interim head coach is a man that took over for uh, uh, other Gruden when he was of the Raiders when he got fired in 2003. So they've got the same guy uh, usurping the role as interim head coach they did for Jay and uh, – John, what's the other guy's name? John Gruden, Chucky. Yeah, yeah. So well, both coaches right. are usurped. Yeah, that. so it is this time of the year that you can start maybe seeing, especially with some of these really bad teams, if they have a coach that was already on the hot seat, might possibly get the hook. Uh, and it's it that's just it does affect how certain players are going to get used. Like I think AP might actually get used more maybe in this new system with this new coach for the rest of the year, just because they have nothing else. Um, so let's move on to strategy talk for real. Um, I was just wanted to know uh, how you are, how are you handling any uh, sort of like nagging injuries and game time decisions? Uh, and you know, this is particularly tough with the running back positions. You know, I've got Marlon Mack, and every single week it seems like he's on the injury report. Him and Mark Andrews keep doing this to me, where I never know if they're going to play. I don't know if I should bench him or get. A replacement but every week they seem to show up to play so it's fine but it, it really I, my blood pressure can't take it yeah I've been having it as we spoke with I have that problem problem with McCoy uh, where he's always kind of listed as like questionable and he ends up actually playing and the one week I didn't play him because of that he ended up having this huge breakout game so it's, it's always a tough part of the the fantasy football especially when you have games being played on like Monday night we're on Thursday night, and you have to make these decisions outside of the normal uh, schedule of the rest of the games. And it just it messes with everything that you're trying to plan out for the week. And you know what's bad for us is we have the uh, the fab waiver wire. So we can never – there is never a free agent. You can never just – like if Sunday morning I find out my guy, you know, sprained an ankle in warm-ups, and I don't have any other position to fill him with, like my kicker, let's say, well, tough for me. Yeah, that is the one downfall of the fab is that there isn't no open waiver wire for like even 24 hours after the Saturday ones closed for those situations, which is tough. Uh, I know that's been a point of contention with some other uh, owners in the league. Um, So, and then moving on with that, uh, is there any players that you are continuing to struggle, whether you should sit or start each week outside of just uh, injuries, actually more performance-based, like where you know, they're putting up okay numbers here and there, but they're not doing it consistently enough. And then like you have like two or three of these guys that you're trying to debate which ones you should actually play or not play. I've got Robert Woods and I've got Jamison Crowder. And those are my two where I don't know which time they're going to get 14 targets or a touchdown, but I'm waiting for Darnold to come back for Jamison Crowder. And uh, I don't know when that's going to be. He's had mono for the last three weeks. Uh, but Robert Woods is a great wide receiver. I just need Cooper Cup to calm down. Oh, yeah. Cooper Cup's becoming quite a favorite over there in uh, L.A. Rams system. I think that's like three weeks in a row where he's put up like 20-plus points. 
Yeah, it ha- it is because I've gone against him three weeks in a row. So no. it is. That one's a particularly sore subject for me because I traded him away in my dynasty league for a first round pick, which is not looking like a great great move anymore. It sounds like regret Sunday all over again. I didn't all draft over. Michael Thomas and I have Devontae Adams, so I'm with you. Uh, are you struggling with Devontae Adams, whether to sit or start him? No, because he was out this week. He got turf-toed the week before, so I oh, knew he was out. That's right. So, okay, he made the decision for you. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm having that problem with, uh, and it's never good when it's your QB, but yeah, Baker Mayfield is now in the, strictly in that category where I'm like week to week, like, should I or should I not start him? And he's moving quickly into the do not start. The one problem is in my dynasty league, my backup quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, so he's all, uh, one thing he's hurt right now. Second off, he was doing the same crap that Baker Mayfield was doing, where he's supposed to be a high-flying offense, and he's putting up like goose eggs. You got to drop Baker Mayfield. He's yeah, I'm debating that. Um, and and then the other one is McCoy, like we talked about for the reasons we talked about, where he has still a lot of flash, but now it's like starting to become muddled with the running backs coming back. Tyreek Hill's going to be coming back. Their whole offense is kind of like just going into like a, a valley right now. Um, and then the other one I'm, is starting to come onto this, this scene for me is Mike Sanders of the running back for the Eagles, because Jordan Howard seems to be getting a bigger role the past Miles. few weeks. Miles Sanders. And it seems like Jordan Howard's getting a bigger role now for the Eagles, uh, just because he's been really solid. He's the veteran and they're giving him more chances to really make some plays and he's doing it. So I've been starting Miles Sanders in both my leagues that I have him in. And, he puts up, you know, anywhere between eight to twelve points a week, which isn't awful for an RB two. But, you know, maybe I move up somebody else into that spot. Like I have Ronald Jones, uh, Ronald, yeah, Ronald Jones Jr. on Tampa Bay. Maybe I can move him up. He might have some higher upside. Um, even McCoy, if I did some other moves, maybe McCoy goes into that league. Yeah, um, I would say Ronald Jones is a hard one for me. I feel like Tampa Bay. I feel like I just have this thing about them where. I don't trust them week to week. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They are a kind of team that doesn't have an identity that you don't know where to put your – like how to how to figure out how, who you should or should not play. Ever um, since Doug Martin, I just haven't trusted their running backs. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I went through that whole thing too in my dynasty league with Doug Martin. And then uh, moving on in a similar subject, like how are you handling any boomer bus players on your roster that, you know – are week to week just depending but that's always kind of been their mo right now this is for me this is evans like it's either he's either going to put up like 30 plus points or he's going to put up almost no points yeah again i've always seen that uh for his team so i'm not really surprised mine is adam thielen last week he complained because he only got like one target you know and he said that uh he we need a quarterback that can throw the ball and if you can't throw the ball you can't win the game and it really was reminiscent of when Antonio Brown threw the cooler and then the next week he had like two touchdowns and 4,000 yards or whatever it was in the game. Um, so I, it just, they pitch, a, they pitch a fit and they get, you know, double digit fantasy points the next week. Well, uh, that's a perfect segue because speaking of Antonio Brown, who, who did not make our breaking news for the first time this season, so good for him. Uh, but I did want to put this out there that uh, talking about some waiver wire strategy, I think I'm finally done with Antonio Brown on my roster and I'm going to drop him. Yeah, you and every other NFL team are done with Antonio Brown. He made his own video in his driveway like T.O. did that one time. He wants teams to look look at him, but 
Not a chance. Well, you know what it was? You know, he, all the stuff, we talk and trash on his teammates and his owners, and he can't get, you know, happy about his helmet and everything and his coaches or whatever it is. And But it really would put me over is then he was bad-mouthing his condo people, his real estate people trying to sell him a condo. I'm just like, okay, this guy's really gone off the deep end if he can't even get along with the people who are setting him up with a big fancy home in Miami. It's true, and he's now suing two of the NFL teams. So why would a third team want to hire him? Yeah, I really feel bad for him. I really think CTE has uh, gotten the better of a good old AB. So I think I'm going to drop him. Uh, What I'm looking at this week, I think I am looking at a quarterback. I'm going to try to shift things around. Right now, oh, and I didn't bring this up in my injuries that I'm trying to handle. Deshaun Jackson's still on my out, out, so I'm still dealing with him. So I think I, he might be on my IR for another week, which is good at least for another week of me trying to just strategize. He's a guy I'm waiting to come back, and I'll probably put him in my flex spot. But as of right now, he's on my IR. I have an open spot, so I'm going to drop AB, which will give me two open spots. I'm looking for a quarterback, maybe still searching for a running back, diamond in the rough kind of guy, and um, and then maybe uh, an upgrade. I'm still streaming defenses, so I'm always on the lookout for a defense. Yeah, as of now, um, whoever's playing Miami is still the defense uh, you go with. If not, Cincinnati, uh, Andy Dalton. Well, sorry. I, I have the Dolphins' uh, next two out of three uh, defenses that they're playing against. So I guess you've taken the, the time to look up who that is for the next week, per my suggestion weeks ago. Yeah, this is why I started Washington two weeks in a row on defense, which actually worked out for me last week. But this week I had them play New England, which they still got me, I don't know, like five or six points. So it was worth it. So now I have them play in Miami this week. And then I have the Jets defense, which I'm waiting for two weeks. I think they play Miami. So uh, which is that Jets defense actually isn't bad. Their just offense is anemic, which is also, which is funny. Oh, they're giving Miami a run for their money on the flip side where their offense is so terrible that you might want to start considering to stream whatever defense is playing them. They're playing the Jets? Yes, they were awful. The Eagles had two pick sixes, and we're talking about, a the I think, the uh, worst-ranked um, defensive backs in all of football. We have given up the most yards through the air in all of football, and we had two pick sixes. I think we had like six sacks against this team. That's how bad the Jets' offense is without Sam Bra- or um, Sam Darnold in there. Ooh, had a uh, Freudian slip with a Sam Bradford right there. Yep, good to know, though. I like the new strategy. Yeah, so that, that's some of the stuff that I've been noticing and uh, picking up on this week. So set your waiver wires. So what about you? What are your, what are your waiver wire targets this week? Anything big? Anything just new? Um, I'm probably going to drop Dorsett just because I'm mad at him. Uh, I haven't really figured out who yet because there's a lot of interesting choices like uh, tight ends. You could get like Everett uh, from the Rams. He did really well. Uh, so things like that. I don't really um, – I'm doing pretty good right now. So I'm not sure at this very moment who I will pick up. I will have one spot available for somebody, but – you know, we're both doing really well in our league, so it may be time to start looking towards the future like you have and picking up a defense or a quarterback uh, when my quarterback is on a bye, you know, stuff like that. But I haven't really looked into which one I want yet. Yeah, well, now that I traded Zach Ertz, uh, tight end spot's going to now be on my radar. It wasn't prior just because once, I think Kelsey's um, bye week's like week 12 or 13, so I did have some time. I checked that all out as well, and that's part of why I was able to get rid of Ertz because I have some time to uh to really like figure out my whole backup situation for the tight end so that's where i'm at with that and um 
Yeah, so I, I think it's 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 going to be another like lower week on waiver wires. I mean, there might be a few. I don't think there's anybody real big, but I am eyeing up a few moves where I, I almost I don't think I made any moves last week. So I am trying to make something. It's kind of a weird weird thing. We almost like we're waiting for these injuries to happen. You know what I mean? Like we know that these people are going to fill in the starting role at some point because it's football and. You know, people always get hurt in football, and so it's kind of weird. I've got three backup running backs, three handcuffs on my bench, just waiting for them to get their chance. And who who is that? I've got Madison from the Vikings. He averages like 5.2 yards per carry when he gets the ball. Um, I've got uh, Malcolm Brown from the Rams, who I picked up for 18 fab dollars, who I've yet to use one single time for all that money that I spent. Uh, so I can't drop him even if I want because I'm pot committed, kind of like Gallman. Um, and then I've got one more guy just uh, waiting to fill in that role. Uh, but it's just it's uh, it's hard just to be patient. Yeah, and it, it's interesting for me this year just trying to make some moves and everything. And there's just certain weeks that things don't happen. And when you are drafting someone or picking up some of those guys, just to see how they're going to pan out, and you're hoping at some point they will, but. This is when the it'll it'll start happening because of the bye weeks is where you really then have to start deciding do you want to hold on to them longer to see if they'll come in or do you have to just you know pick up somebody just for that one week pass. Right. So Marlon Mack is on a bye this week and I I need to find a hole to fill and since Devontae Adams got turf toe, I need him back in order for that to not affect me. Otherwise I've got to put in Mike Williams, who I have not been high on all year, but just waiting for his breakout game. We will wait and see. So another interesting week on the waiver wire because uh, it's a little bit more methodical. So, all right, uh, what are your bold predictions for the week? All right, so uh, I am two for two, a uh, humble brag. Uh, and, and I think it's pretty impressive because a lot of times we don't really put that much research into our bold predictions. It's, it's one of those things that we talk about now. Uh, so I've got a couple things in my head. We'll see what comes out. I have a really long-term Bold prediction, one that we won't know until the end of the season. Are you ready for this? The I'm bold ready. prediction is the Patriots will go 17-0. and Wow. Yeah, the bold, bold prediction. Really? So that's that's number one. I've got a second one, but I want to hear your two first. Um, well, I'm going to go out on a big limb here since I'm going to double down on this because I didn't do my homework last week. And I didn't realize that Miami was on a week, on a bye, and I think I said they were going to score a touchdown. Yeah, you so, should have said that. You should have said bold prediction: Miami doesn't lose next week, and you would have been right. I would have been spot on, hitting nail right on the head. What I'm going to say is that I think Miami wins this week. Wow, wins! Not even scores, just a touchdown. Apparently. Everyone doesn't on the other team does not make it to the field on Sunday to play against Miami, uh, and they win. Uh, I like the bold prediction. It's super, super bold. If it's ever going to happen, it's going to be against the Redskins. <laughs> As an Eagle homer, uh, I don't know if that uh, comes from a completely unbiased place, but I like it. So we, we might be looking at a game that has, like, like four defensive touchdowns, like two from each side or three and one or something. Like that's, I think what kind of game we're going to have here. So what is your second uh, bowl prediction? I go, I'm going to go the jets win. All right. All right. I, I thought about that. Yeah. But it is, is uh wait a minute, but is uh, Darnold coming back though? 
I don't, I don't know. See, if Darnold comes back, obviously it changes that. Uh, I'm assuming he's not there in my bold prediction. I, originally, I was going to say Crowder gets a touchdown, but I kind of feel like that's just wishful thinking on my part more than a bold prediction uh, because they can still win with Le'Veon. Uh, with you know, so. yeah, Le'Veon. I mean, we Eagles played him this week, and like Le'Veon still has like the gamer speed and the cuts and all that, but everything else around him is just not looking good. I mean, especially when they don't have a quarterback, but then the offensive line is banged up. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, yeah. Another bold prediction that I was mulling around would be that uh, someone gets a passing touchdown against the Patriots this week, whoever they're playing. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that the Cowboys are going to lose for the third week in a row. <laughs> Which is would bring us to breaking news because they would get rid of Jason Garrett, even though I think they have they rarely do that in the middle of the season. Jerry Jones is one of those people that lets people ride it out. He's a, uh, He likes his quarterbacks the way uh, – I mean, he likes his uh, coaches to be yes men. So they're, they're saying yes to a lot of losses. Once they finally started playing some actual – talent and top tier teams they are they seem to be crumbling the problem is they're throwing the ball too much they're not relying on zeke as much as they should be in my opinion uh and i believe this happens almost every year with them where they do that they think that they're uh a different team than they are and they try to start throwing the ball and people just are able to shut them down uh when they should just be running the ball i mean as much as i don't like the guy just give zeke the rock yep that's the key all right, uh, great week, great talk. Uh, where can people reach you? You can reach me at Think Curly at uh, Instagram or Twitter. Wonderful, and you can reach me at Jay Stravs on Twitter. And uh, we're going to pin that one, Alex. Uh, Patriots, 17-0, wow. 17-0, see, we don't know if I'm right for really long. We just know when I'm wrong. All right, well, let's, let's put that one in the books. All right, I love it. All right, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, good talk, short and sweet. Here we go.